Canadian Sports Bet Podcast. It is March 29th. John, we got a flood of things to talk about, not just Will Smith. We're talking about emotions boiling over and how do they boil over so badly that not only do you do something ill-advised and let your emotions get the best of you, but they get the best of you such that you do something crazy in front of the entire world, John, on live television. So there's anger and there's out-of-control anger. And then there's what Will Smith did the other day. And uh, yeah, so uh, my mouth was hanging open with a little bit of shock. I don't know about you, John. What do you think? At first, I thought it was a bit, Matt. I have to admit, I've said this to you. I've said this to lots of people. I said, no, come on. He's not going to go up there and punch or slap, I guess, Chris Rock. That's absurd. But the Oscars has been known for these kinds of things, these kinds of wacky, life, lifelong remembering things. To me, when you say bit, so it was like Chris Rock wasn't really sure whether it was a joke or not at right. first, right? It's like, should I just play along? You could see his initial reaction, like he almost laughed, right? He's like, whoa, Wilson, that's just not the, out of me. But then when he sat down and started yelling at him and swearing at him, Chris Rock's face completely changed, right? It's like, mm-hmm. oh, this isn't joking around, give and take type thing. You're actually really upset and you're stopping the whole show. And it was amazing how composed Chris Rock remained, wasn't it? Maybe he thought it was still a bit and he just wasn't in on the bit. You know, that's I don't what I'm know. saying. Was a great, what, what does somebody, how does somebody react? You can't question how he reacted, but you know. That's it. Yeah. Anyway, we can talk about that all day, but that's yeah. not really the focus of the show, is it, John? We can come back and blather about it at the mm-hmm. end of the show. How about that? Because yeah, uh, what's the, what are the sports implications? You know what? You know what? We, we should have bet. Oh, <laughs> we should have bet Richard Williams or, or Will Smith, of course, uh, to win the best Oscar. That's mm-hmm. how we could have capitalized, Matt. That's right. Yeah. And there was a lot of discussion on uh, betting sites of Academy Award predictions and uh, not unusual. And I think even on OLG Proline, it was there, wasn't it? Mm hmm. No, 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 that's that's a very not uncommon market. Um, they're called specials. You know, they're 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 they're. It's very very prominent in uh, in 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 the iGaming sports betting world. I happen to see the Globe and Mail. I was reading on uh, the Toronto Globe and Mail, or sort of a national newspaper, obviously. Uh, and I happened to be looking at that section on Sunday. No, sorry, Monday morning. I had there was a section. I was sort of you know getting ready to toss it out. A section I hadn't looked at, and they predicted almost every award correctly except for one. So good for them. Uh, let's give them props for, uh, yeah, if you want to look at last Saturday's Globe, you'll see that they nailed all the major categories. Yeah, I mean, the, betting the Oscars has been a, been around for a long time. It's not legal in Nevada, mm-hmm. but uh, but uh, in the iGaming world, licenses across the world, the Oscar betting has been around forever, and it's uh, actually a very appealing betting sport, quote, sport. So, uh, yeah, no, uh, you could have got Richard Williams. I think he ended up being the favorite or second favorite, uh, but you might have cashed. The markets would have closed by then, but, uh, but we could have cashed if uh, we would have known that kind of thing, Matt. Yeah, exactly. And I guess that's the other sports aspect of it, right? Is the Williams sisters and uh, King Richard, the mm-hmm. movie, and uh, Richard Williams and uh, Life Imitates Art, as they say, Will Smith. Getting a little crazy, and love makes you do crazy things, as he said, but uh, no one wants to see anyone do anything that crazy, but good for the Williams family. And I think you could make a lot of movies about the upbringing of elite adult, so elite adult athletes and their childhoods and how those childhoods were so different than the typical childhood. And, uh, think that's kind of kept in the shadows because there's this public perception or stigma attached with like the crazy sports parents who are forcing their kids to do this and that and mm-hmm. it's like 
well, it's not forcing them and it's not a negative thing if it turns out like that, is it? And then, but there's less talked about, that's talked about less, isn't it? Which is sad. So the success stories, people don't scream about how tough their upbringings were. Like Wayne Gretzky skating on his backyard rink for all hours of the night, right? That's not a bad story, is it? Like, is, is Walter Gretzky a bad guy because he provided that opportunity for his kid and supported him and let him play junior at 12 or whatever it was? And was that uh, child abuse or was that the support that's needed to get someone to an elite level? Right. You can right. debate that all day. How many times have we can one talk about the negative aspects of, of, of an incident? Like that's the one that sells papers to use a cliche, mm-hmm. right? That's nobody's, nobody's all excited about, Oh, look at how great Walter Gretzky is and how helping Wayne Gretzky. No, they talk about Richard Williams and how he drove the Williams sisters to be the best that they can be. I mean, that's the, uh, and, and, and the, the, the negative connotations with something like that. How did he push? Why did he push them so hard? Well, they needed to be the best that they could be. And was it a bad thing? That's, yeah, right. my point is it's like it's not necessarily bad. It's not inherently bad. It can actually be really <laughs> successful and they're probably billionaires or whatever by at, by this point, right? And however many majors they won and winningest female tennis player of all time and took them out of Compton and uh, and so on. And was that the wrong thing to do? And, was and there, it's beyond yeah. sports too, Matt, right? They're big yeah. business people now, right? Right, they're, yeah, they're cultural icons. Yeah. So nice to see an interesting discussion and uh, we can revisit that if you like, John. But we wanted to get into, off the top, we um, wanted to talk a little bit about the advent, sort of the introduction of private sports books being able to operate here in Ontario. And a little bit of news here and then get your thoughts, John. But I was reading this morning. So the implications of, so the Alcohol Gaming Commission of Ontario, the AGCO, a couple of weeks ago, they released what they call the Internet Gaming Go Live Compliance Guide, John. So for those that have applied for a license, uh, so for example, who are some of the entrants coming in from internationally, John? Like uh, the ones we all Bet know. Three Six Five and Bet Three Six Five, and uh, you know DraftKings, right? And, and FanDuel, and so they NetBet. Yeah. So they applied like a while ago. They applied a while ago, and uh, some of them have already been successful, and they're all sort of ready to launch uh, in Ontario to legally in the new regulated market in Ontario, the white market as opposed to black market. So they're ready to launch in the white market starting April 4th, which is next week, right, John? That's a strange Mm, thought, right? Yeah. Yeah, Monday. And so... But a couple of weeks ago, as we said, sort of mid-March, they, uh, the AGCO, the regulator here, announced the government regulator released something called the Internet Gaming Go Live Compliance Guide. Uh, of particular interest was they are intent on making it difficult for multi-brand companies. So if they have sort of gray market customers in Ontario that are already existing, and we talk about those gray markets a lot here, John, you can speak to this. So of particular interest, the AGCO is intent on making it difficult for these multi-brand companies to keep one foot in the gray market. So as we all know, there's existing customer relationships with Ontarians of some of these foreign-based sports books. So to maintain that relationship after April 4, and then uh, also at the same time operate in the legal licensed white market under the province's new regulatory framework, not so fast. You won't be able to have it both ways. So to say it as in simplest terms and probably not the most accurate, but they need to sever all relationships with customers in Ontario service providers who are part of the gray market uh, of Ontario customers, several relationships with those service providers as well in order to be part of the licensed market in Ontario. So get out of the gray market completely, stop working with anybody that participates in the gray market in Ontario, then you, then you can be a licensed operator in Ontario. So the AGCO one quote here, they say, they will be monitoring registrant compliance with the requirement that A, they cease unregulated market operations in Ontario, and B, 
terminate any association they may have with any other company that operates an un unregulated scheme in Ontario. So those associations with other companies that work uh, in the gray market effectively in Ontario, uh, they need to stay away from them as well. This is essentially a warning to the companies and they're clarifying, just to be clear, we will be enforcing this. So the regulations and the laws were always there, but these compliance papers and these white papers that are released by regulators are really often there to sort of drive home a point. So they're warning them that if you operate under multiple multiple brands with multiple affiliates or subsidiaries in different jurisdictions, it doesn't matter. We're catching them all. So a company hoping to register for regular, regulated operations with one brand and then continue to treat Ontario as a gray market with another brand uh, will find all of them blacklisted. So you can't sort of put it in another sub or affiliate and then get away with it. They're just pointing out like, no, we do mean it when we say you're not allowed to do this. Yeah. You can't just cast it in another form. So that requirement to terminate, quote, terminate any association could include operator-supplier relationships, as I said. So a white-label supplier could not provide games or technology to registered operators if it is also doing so for ones that AGCO has deemed illegal or gray market. And that's obviously crucial, as essentially all operators rely on third-party technology to function. We've talked, John, about there's no brick-and-mortar outlets. There's no you know, store or, or restaurant or bar or whatever that you can go to that's owned by DraftKings or where they have a physical presence, it's all online at this point, right? So that uh, will, that third-party technology function is a critical one and the restrictions around them are obviously critical. Uh, so as part of this initiative, for those looking into the market next Monday, as you pointed out, uh, all existing wagers placed in the gray market need to be settled or zeroed out uh, prior to that date. So you can see... The alternative is you would still be operating the gray market if you were honoring bets going forward in the gray market after April 1st. So they all need to be settled prior to that uh, in, in order to not be offside. So if you, for example, John, we're going to talk about this, had a futures bet with a gray market. So a futures saying at the end of the year, this team's going to win the championship or this player is going to win this award, sort of a future-based bet, season-end type bet. Uh, if you had that bet with a gray market or, for example, U.S.-based sports book and it looked like it might cash which you can give us an example <laughs> now you can expect unfortunately to have your bet amount returned rather than the payout on your winning bet that looked like it was coming down the the track uh but on the other hand if you had a bet uh, some time ago on something that looked like it wasn't working out which i think you also have an example of mm -hmm. your bet will be refunded and your sort of returned to uh, zero rather than losing the bet so but you can see, John, how the regulations are designed to channel bets more generally out of the gray market and into the white market so that, that either the OLGs of the world can benefit directly from new betting money that's coming in directly to them or indirectly from the government taxing the private entities who are now forced to operate within the new regulatory framework in the province. So anyway, so if you had a futures bet, John, that can either be a good thing or a bad thing, depending on how it was headed. Uh, that you're now, those bets need to be settled ahead of the April 4th deadline. Matt, that's a great synopsis. It's uh, There's a lot of business-to-business -business, uh, conversation there, but it's important, I think, to have our listeners understand some of this stuff, and we'll give you some real-life examples of what it actually means, which will be important to some of you, <laughs> and, and, and some real-life, like, actionable stuff right now. So, for example, Matt, mm. you saw you you brought up um, outright markets, 
Future book markets. We talk about it a lot on our show and a lot of people, lots of, there's lots of chatter about there. You know, how many times have we talked about Austin Matthews to win the, to win the, um, to win the MVP? We were talking about today. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Or like who's going to win the cup or yeah. Rookie right. of the year. Yeah. Okay. That's great. That's great content. That's great actionable betting information, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So that, 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 um, document that you cited tells us that simply if you have a future book bet that will not be settled before April 4, the money will be refunded to you or 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 some some something like that. It's the 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 actual bet is not going to happen for you. The actual it's not been settled. So they're going to the the, the fundamental point is that it's going to be refunded. And I've got three points. They're going to be quick ones mm. to explain exactly <laughs> how that is good and bad for us players. Yeah. Okay. So what have I got? I have got a with, a, with a gray market book, I have got two great wagers. Okay. I've got one at 20 to one on the Philadelphia 76ers to win the, with a, win the NBA championship. Mm. They're one at six, eight to one, something like that now. And you had that before the Harden uh, Simmons trade, by the way. Yeah. That's correct. This is way back. This is the Drum greatest deal ever. I'm, oh my god, I can't <laughs> wait. Go Sixers, right? Yeah. I have another one at the at our Toronto Blue Jays. I have them at twenty one to one. They're at eight. There are something like eight to one or something like that. Now, those are not actionable anymore. They are they are gray market books. And they're going to give me my money back. Okay. Think. Oh no, all that value. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. Right. As a sports investor player etc etc you, you made that bet let me just interrupt. You, you made that bet before the kikuchi trade before the matt chapman trade or yeah so this, uh that it's and the odds have come down to like you say to eight to one as a result of those you know when i made that bet matt when mm-hmm. we talked about how there was the day before they canceled they whatever postponed the season remember we speculated on the fact that they were probably going to make an announcement and i'm thinking all right this is good let's talk about baseball right mm-hmm. no and then they said no we're gonna <laughs> you know extend the talks or whatever you know so mm-hmm. that was how long ago that was a good six weeks ago maybe more two months ago so i'm excited like any any sports better you think all right i'm gonna watch every blue jays game i'm gonna watch this ticket <laughs> come in blah, blah 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 okay so but they're gonna refund me my sports my my, my gray market sports book is gonna send me my money back and that's it you can't that's too bad okay so on the on the good side you know also with a sports market does uh, uh with a with a gray market sports book matt i have a bet on the new jersey devils to win the NHL Stanley Cup, mm-hmm. that is a dead, deader than doornail. <laughs> dead, was it? What's the old line? Better than Dillinger. That's a dead ticket. That's a loser, right? But the market has not been settled, so I'm going to get my money back for that ticket too. Sweet. And as will you, as will everybody that's bet the New Jersey Devils or some team that's got no chance because the market is not settled. They're going to refund the money. Hmm. So. The last last point, and yeah. this is this is important, Matt, because this is how close this is. If you have a bet on the March Madness Final Four, okay, the final is Monday night. If you have a a live Duke ticket that you decided, oh, this is Coach K's last season, you know, he's he's going to go at a winner, blah blah blah. What ten, fifteen to one, something like that. Uh, you know, you know, some maybe even higher. Oh, I can't wait to watch the watch the March Madness on Monday night. Right? Nope. That ticket will be refunded if you met it through a gray market sports book. So this is how imminent this information is. If you bet with the ProLine Plus, you're okay. 
they're going to acknowledge that because they're already part of the the white market, right? They're already in, involved. The, it's going to be settled. So starting April 4, those future book bets will continue to be offered and they will be um, settled in, in, in the appropriate way, winners or losers. But now to April 4 or something in the past to April 4 will not be settled and therefore you're getting your money back. Yeah, interesting. And the, the other sort of related, but uh, not exactly the same, but on the same topic, the need to terminate any association with any company that operates in an unregulated scheme in Ontario. We just want to point out uh, tangentially that we, of course, have no associations with any unregulated or gray market uh, companies, right, John? So right. we, uh, we're constantly being hounded by people that are looking for advertising opportunities and sponsorship opportunities for our show, John. We'll be calling them. Uh, what's that? <laughs> we'll be calling them too. Yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> we're clean as a whistle, right, John? No, but so th- th- this is relatively important, Matt. Like, you know, we talked, uh, we talk a lot about here on Bet365, okay? They're in the licensed licensed market, okay? So they're they're okay. But post April 4, if we're going to talk about a, a sports book, a gray market sports book, or at that point, black market sports book, we would get in trouble if we have an affiliation or a partnership with with any one of the uh, any one of the the sports books that are licensed. I'm sorry, it's and it's I'm sorry, Matt. One other point is that it's not we would get in trouble, okay? The operator that we partner with would get in trouble. That's how that's yeah. how granular it's getting. They've put the burden on the operators to make sure that they are are dealing with with affiliates or or partners that only exist in the a regulated market in Ontario, which right. is which is fascinating to me. Only yeah, and so we have no participation, no association with any gray market activity, and right. have never had, and will not have going forward. So that's the piece to focus on to sort of simplify it, right, John? That's and, right. Yeah, we were we are not going to deal with the gray market slash black market uh, post April four for sure. And we've had, in fact, opportunities to do so that we declined mm-hmm. for uh, exactly mm-hmm. that reason. So, nice. so we want to keep going, John, and let's move on to the meat of things. We wanted to talk about the Leafs and Bruins, huge matchup tonight, uh, two of the teams battling for the uh, second spot uh, in uh, heading into the playoffs. Of course, Tampa Bay looming above them and that annoying playoff structure where the Leafs seem to face the, for the past few years, have finished high and then some, somehow always face Tampa Bay or Boston in the first round. It's really annoying, isn't it, John? And eventually winning winning teams, Stanley Cup teams, you know, or Stanley Cup viable teams. Like as Montreal, Matt, I know it's a different format, but the Leafs played Montreal in the first round. They got to the Stanley Cup finals. Yeah. Tampa year the, the year before, and Boston played very well the year before, et cetera, et cetera. Ugh, it is so annoying yep. as a fan, for sure. All right, well, we want to get into that. And just before we sort of launch into that, though, how about Matthews taking over the number one, Austin Matthews taking over the number one spot in terms of shortest odds or best odds to win the MVP? We've been tracking this throughout the year. And, of course, Connor McDavid was at the top of the Hart Trophy odds board for a long time. Austin Matthews has now taken over, and it's holding steady for the past few weeks. He is sitting at plus 160 currently. Shesterkin from the Rangers, the goaltender, is second at plus 300. Connor McDavid back at 450 now, and then uh, Huberdeau, Ovechkin, Drysaddle uh, following there. But of course, coming off, he uh, missed a couple of games at the beginning of the year, and then he more recently missed a couple of games due to uh, suspension when he's defending himself. He was innocent, I thought, John. <laughs> but uh, but he uh, has been tearing it up all year. We're proud of him, and he's breaking records with the pace of goal uh, scoring. And to me, he's the best player in the world. The only one that's even in the conversation with him 
is the guy who's now in third place with, uh, in terms of shortest odds, Connor McDavid. But uh, any comments on Austin Matthew and likelihood of him taking home the Hart Trophy? There's the Rocket Richard is looking good as well, but how about the Hart? He deserves it, John. Let's face it. You know, it's, I, to me, he's the best player in the league. So, uh, I mean, it's elementary. Um, he is now a heavy favorite. He's tied with uh, Dreisaitl for most number of goals in the league currently, Matt, at 48. And considering that little thing you mentioned, the <laughs> defending, quote, defending himself, and then, uh, you know, the problems he had earlier in the season, uh, at the very beginning of the season, uh, he's live. You know, he's just, he's carrying this team offensively, for sure. Although Marner is playing very well these days, too. Um, so, I, yeah, he's, he's uh, it's hard to see him. I think the Leafs still want to sort of, you know, get, get round into form a little more. The odd loss will be fine because they had that rocky stretch, especially defensively, and we talked about it plenty of times. But if they rise back up and and they do that in good form, that'll set them up nicely for the playoffs. That's going to be led by somebody like Matthews. So to me, uh, the best player props, again, if you're in the gray market, you best wait till April 4 um, when you can then be in the white market. Uh, but Matthews at plus... 150, and he's uh, favored to be the top goal scorer, even though he's tied with Dreisaitl now um, at minus 130. So uh, yeah, you know I mean he's uh, he's the he's the to me he's the best player in the world, Matt, and uh, we get to see him every night. Agreed, and uh, it, definitely fun to watch. And Marner's incredible too; he's a generational talent as well. Yeah. So yeah, a fun team to watch this year. Got to get him over the hump after 54 years, 55, whatever it is. Uh, so. Let's look at tonight's game, John. So in TD Bank Garden, which is never a good thing or whatever it's called, is a TD Bank Garden, TD Garden. Uh, but I always say I don't like the whistle there. That crazy crowd gets going and those crazy Boston fans influence the ref and uh, some of the things. So the Bruins 8-1-1 one, one over their last 10, which isn't good, only losing one of their last 10. Not good for the Leafs, I mean. Leafs 6-3-1, and one, uh, sort of been alternating wins and losses. Looking at some of the head-to-head stuff, though, John, Toronto four and two straight up in their last six games, but two and four in their last six games against Boston. So Boston defending home ice pretty effectively. Uh, they're four zero one in their last five at home. The Leafs one and three in their last four on the road. John, see the line for tonight? I think it's minus one thirty mm-hmm. uh, for the uh, Bruins, Bruins. Uh, plus one ten for. The Leafs, uh, I feel like the, the tough game Saturday night, they outplayed the Canadians significantly uh, by a significant amount uh, at the Bell Centre in Montreal. Didn't come away with the win, but I, I feel like that was a good preparation psychologically for this game on the road against the Bruins. So I'm going to go ahead and pick the Leafs in this one, John. But as I like to say, you're the expert. Tell us what's going to happen. Matt, um, I, I think I'm on the other side. You know, Boston is in such good form. Like you know, they they have lost a couple of uh, a couple of odd sort of games recently. Like to you know teams like um, you know like Los Angeles Kings and when they were out west and Minnesota's not bad, but um, they've lost a couple of odd games. But they are just so dominant these days on these metrics that you know we've talked about many times on the pod, Matt. Natural stat trick has these goals for uh, high danger chances, individual goals for uh, metrics, and Boston five on five just dominates. They're just in, they're they're not giving up more than two goals. They haven't given up more than two five on five goals since since early February, and so I, I just they're just they're rounding into form. I hate to say that, 
I hate to say that because you know, as a, as a Leafs fan, and I and I have good prospects for the Leafs, but if they run into this Boston team again in the playoffs, oh, I just, <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's, I'm crestfallen as a result. Uh, so it's looking like, yeah, it's, I'll just interject. You keep yeah. going, John, but it's looking like it's either Tampa Bay, Boston, Florida, or Carolina. Those are the four prospective playoff opponents for the That's Leafs. Sickening. Really rewarding that they've done so well in the regular season, isn't it? And, Can and we it, just go back to one versus sixteen? What was so bad about right, that? Right. Even one versus eight. I know. That's in the, in the conference. It's the worst. Those, I hate the, it. The, the Eastern Conference final finalist comes from those five teams, the four you mentioned and the Leafs, okay? And they have some of those teams have to play one another? Come on. That's, that's 16 inane. teams make the playoffs, and that's the first round matchup. Oh, <laughs> and that's, and uh, now this is old ground we've gone over over the last few years. How many times can we rant? But, I mean, cutting to the chase about specifically about tonight, Matt, um, you mean the Bruins? The Bruins are live. I, I I think I like the way that the Leafs played both against uh, against Montreal and um and 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 Florida, but Boston's in really good form. No bet, no bet. I'm just saying that don't start thinking get the Leafs as a dog and they're good value kind of thing. This Boston team is really humming, especially five on five. They're um they're and they're, they're I'm sorry they're going to be live in the playoffs too. Not what we want to hear, but no. I hear where you're coming from. How about the over-under at six, John? Any thoughts on that? I see the Leafs uh, averaging 3.65 goals a game and Boston averaging 3.05 a game. Uh, on the other side of it, the Leafs surrendering th- just over three, 3.02 goals mm-hmm. per game, goals against, and the, the Boston down at 2.65. So over-under at six, John, would you be interested in that? Would that attract your uh, buying interest? In no way am I, am I ever going to play the Leafs under. Okay, mm-hmm. now, I'm not talking about the defensive woes. That was especially a good time to play the over. But but I think they're sort of rounding in a little bit of defensive form, especially Mrazek. You know, it was, it was pretty good the other night. Um, so, um, but but I'm, I'm I'd stay away from it as well. Boston's got all kinds of expected goals for numbers that are that are well into the high twos and into the threes. And those are five on five. To me, that game ends up being four three five four. Boston in the end no bet just analysis uh, based on some of the metrics that I look at Boston being in good offensive form and in, in, in good overall form frankly the Leafs being in pretty good offensive form but they're both comfortable defensively as well that that the overrunner looks like a stay away from me all right, so uh, yeah, we'll be watching that one. I think it's going to be a tough battle. Should be fun to watch. We'll see. And they, I think they have a couple more games coming coming up against the Bruins in short order on the schedule. So, last thing we want to look at today, John, we wanted to touch on uh, speaking of Boston. There was a old school throwdown last night here in uh, at the Scotiabank Arena against the Celtics. Uh, the tough Celtics. They've been streaking, and the Raptors did come away with the win. But the Celtics, of course, missing a bunch of their starters, including. Tatum, uh, Jason Tatum, and uh, Jalen Brown, and help me out, John. Who else? Al Horford missing? and uh, Robert Williams got Horford, hurt. And, so. and, yeah, the meniscus tear. And yeah. so, get your comments on that, John. And then we yeah. wanted to zero in more closely on the updated Rookie of the Year odds for, of course, Scotty Barnes and Kate Cunningham and Evan Mobley have been sort of battling it out back and forth throughout the year. And I think in most people's what I'm hearing for the most part is that Evan Mobley still has the edge there. Not me personally, but uh, if you had to redraft it today, John. Who are you taking one? Give me the order one, two, and three for those boy, three guys. If you're boy. the if you're uh, Masai Ujiri and you're picking today, how would you pick it? Boy, Cade's rolling into form, isn't he? Though, Matt. Mm. Oh boy, I'd go. I'd go. I mean, you, <laughs> that's a tough question, though, isn't it? Yep. Scotty, we love. Like, I mean, he 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 just plays every 
position on the floor. It's just hard to see a guy that play play every night the way Scotty does and not like him. Mobley, um, you know, whatever. He's it's obviously been very good. I thought he was very average against the Raptors, but he's obviously been very good. I love size, athletic size, and um, you know, and, and mobility. So, so Mobley's got that. And Cade could be somebody special. Um, okay, you're asking the question. <laughs> I would go. Geez, size. I'd probably go Mobley, Barnes, Cunningham. Yeah, yeah, that's sound. It's it's tough. It's uh, you think about the versatility of Scotty and. When they first started talking about putting him at the one, I thought, well, I guess it's a lottery pick year and this is silly and he's not a point guard. Give me a break. But then watching the Showtime series. Yeah. Uh, winning with, time. Winning yeah. time, sorry. Yeah. with uh, It's Showtime with um, the Magic Johnson story and just all the consternation around the prospect of putting him at the one instead of Norm Nixon or whoever else at the time. People thought it was laughable and ridiculous. And how'd that turn out? He's one of the uh, best players in the history of the mm-hmm. sport. And a lot of similarities with Scotty, frankly, uh, both body type and just the way they move and all of the skill set. And uh, Scotty can really back guys down on the post. And But, you know, you think of old school guys like um, Jalen Rose with uh, part of the Fab Five at Michigan and, of course, had a great career. And uh, he was 6'9", I think, and he was a point guard. And so it happens. And, and you know, it's just all about matchups. And uh, you see... Pascal thriving these days with the ability to take advantage of bad match, bad switches and, and uh, matchup advantages. And uh, Nick does a good job of that's really what the offense is most of the time. You see they just isolate certain guys on defense. Last night it was uh, Tice was getting <laughs> picked out for pretty much the entire first half was getting roasted, right? Like whoever Tice was guarding, they just gave that person the ball and mm-hmm. they back him down and, and take him to the hole. So so with uh, going back to Scotty and you think about the matchup opportunities that creates with him and the, the ability to play multiple positions and equally importantly defend multiple positions uh, versus someone like an Evan Mobley who is remarkably agile and able to run the floor and run the break and all those things at seven feet. But and with Cade, does he have that same versatility? It's a long-winded way of saying, I think scotty's versatility and and ability to legitimately play those five positions including he's most effective inside i mean he's got great uh, sort of ability to score in the paint and he shoots a really high percentage statistically if you look at the three of them of course evan mobley is essentially a post player so his percentage is slightly higher than scotty's but not a lot he's at just over 50 percent, 50.6 scotty's at 49 percent, and then uh kate cunningham's back at like 41 percent Points-wise, Kate's got the lead, but uh, again, with that, he gets way more shots up than the other two guys. Mobley's sitting at 14.9, Scotty's at 15.3, and Cunningham's at 17.2, but with far greater usage and a much lower field goal percentage. He's also got double the turnovers of either of those guys Cunningham does. So just a totally different role in the offense and uh, much more heavily dependent on Cunningham. So I, I, I would still probably take... Uh, it's a, it's very close between Mobley. It's a coin flip, Mobley and Barnes for me. But I would probably take Scotty. I think his ceiling is higher and his potential is higher. And I like his ability to hit shots for a guy that size. He can he shoots a very high percentage from not just around the basket from other spots. You know, at the elbow and outside of the paint as well. So I'm not saying he's drilling three pointers at a high rate, but he makes a very high percentage of his shots for a guy that's 19 years old, just turned 20, 19. So uh, prospect for him, very bright going forward. So I don't know. We'll see how it goes. The, the Raptors are streaking, sort of backing it out a little bit, John. Like they've won, what, 9 of 11 now, I think. Uh, and they, most of their remaining games are at home, back in front of a full crowd. Seem to be firing in all cylinders. Fred looked a little slow last night, but uh, Gary Trent Jr. is bothered by a hand injury and a toe and whatever else, a little dinged up. But 
overall thoughts on the yep. uh, Raptors going forward, John, and uh, their prospects in the East. They're up to fifth now. It's incredible. Who would have thought at the beginning of the year? I love the way Pascal Siakam plays right now, Matt. Or way the way he played last night and the way he has been playing. He's just in such good form. Like he played massive minutes last night, forty-seven. The game did go to overtime, and he was over from three-point range. But it was there a guy that did it look like he was going to be stopped in the paint? Not to me. Forty points on over fifty percent shooting. Yeah, that's very rare. <laughs> yes, and over three, over four from three. Yeah, and zero know? threes. Yeah. So, so like that's how dominant he was, and just I love those situations. You get inside; it's old school basketball. You get inside, penetrate, and score. You know, nobody's yeah. going to stop you. Yeah. Now, and, and I really liked your boy Thaddeus Young last night too. I thought he played very well. I really <laughs> He's did. He's incredible. I, you know, he was awesome. Twelve points off the bench. Yeah. Looks you know, solid. He's a physical presence out there too, you know. He boards. And they put him on Marcus Smart. Did you notice that? Yeah. So when someone's kind of getting chippy and clowny out there, that's when Thad goes in. He's that physical presence they've needed. Think about their record since they got him, right? Yeah. Really good form. He settles people down when they start trying to push people around. Remember, the, I commented on that earlier in the yeah, year. There was a bunch did. of incidents with, uh, you know, like Bobby Portis in Milwaukee yeah. staring yeah. down Pascal and other cheap crap. And like what was the, the one in Miami? It the was heat, similar yeah. Miami. Caleb Martin yeah, uh, running yeah. Scotty out of bounds and. Hasn't been any of that lately, has there? No. Nope. So, yeah. You were bang on with that one. I remember that was such a good comment. It reminded me, he's certainly not a Charles Oakley personality, but, you know, you remember Charles Oakley back in the day. Yeah. When he, when, never mind when he was with the Knicks, when he was with the Raptors, he settled everybody down and said, no, we're not going to, you're not going to mess with Vince. You right. Know? And he, in, the, in England, I think they call bouncers, what we call bouncers here, they call them coolers. <laughs> just cool everybody down. No silly shenanigans here. Uh, just calms everybody down to stop, like the right. Marcus Smarts of the world. How'd you like the whistle last night with the uh, game, John? Ooh, that was painful. We went back and forth on text. I thought I thought it was really among the worst officiated games I had ever seen oh a God. Raptors game. And that, there's some bad ones, you know. Remember those Demar years were so bad. But, anyways, like Scotty getting tossed on that one or sixth foul on that one. Come on. Anyways, listen, we're gushing a little bit here about the Raps. It would have been a crushing loss to me, you know, <laughs> to have all of those guys that weren't in the lineup. Uh, for the Celtics and the Raptors to lose, that was a that was a layup. Pardon the pun. You know that to me looked like a game they couldn't lose, and and they didn't. So everything's good. But not having to go back to the Boston sports rivalry anymore. But this Celtics team is live, Matt. And anybody that doesn't think that or not are is is blind to it because they're when you really say live. Good. Let's huh? let's explore this for a second. Yes. So when you say live. Yep. What do you mean? I Celtics. mean that they're very they're going to be involved in the final rounds of the Eastern Conference Finals, I'd say. That's Okay. How, okay. Yep. Let's go with that. The Raptors beat them last night. Yep. Raptors have a better record recent in the most recently. Mm-hmm. Raptors have like the fourth best record in the NBA since December 31st. Mm-hmm. The Raptors are sitting at 5 plus 5000 John mm-hmm. to win the NBA title. Crazy. In the East. Who do you like? You like the Jimmy Butler meltdown? I'm checking out now because I'm mad at Coach Spo. Heat? You like the Sixers that the Raptors just beat in Philadelphia with Embiid and no Fred, and the Raptors went in there and beat them? Do you like the um, you know the Knicks are out of it? Obviously, who am I forgetting? The Sixers? Bucks? You like the Bucks with uh, they've been sort of struggling lately. They've mm-hmm. been healthy, but they're not quite getting it done. Uh, and the Bulls are, I think, behind the Raptors now. So. If you can say that the Celtics are trouble in the East, how crazy is it? At plus five thousand, fifty to one for the Raptors to if things if the stars align, maybe an injury here or there, 
who knows that's part of the game is it that far beyond the realm of possibility that they could get through to the finals and then or sorry left out the nets that's the biggest wild card right mm-hmm. so everybody's been talking all year but they're five games behind the raptors now or something so if they get through the play-in things can change i got it no guarantees mm-hmm. but it's not crazy anymore to see right like if you want to be optimistic yep. about it it's not crazy to say that the raptors could be going somewhere this year like who who are these teams that they can't beat i mean i guess of the ones that i just went through yep. the one that threatens me personally the most and you saw me probably f- struggling with it was the bucks right mm-hmm. the rest of them there, there's no logical argument that say that there's an insurmountable task to deal with any of the sixers the bulls the heat they beat the heat twice in uh, this year in miami so, and the, the Heat are going in the wrong direction. All of a sudden, they look very vulnerable. Like, Kyle's getting old. Butler's a hothead, and he's not a guy that can carry a team. He gets worked up, and he doesn't make shots down the stretch. And if the whistle goes the wrong way, he just doesn't perform. Adebayo looks marginalized at times if he's not engaged. And, and you know, there's that p- team is just not performing the way it needs to. Mm-hmm. Lowry's looking older. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sixers, maybe, maybe not, depending on how things come together there. But any of those teams, you can make a logical argument that the Raptors, it's not an insurmountable obstacle for them to win a series against each of those teams. The Bucks make me a little less comfortable. But you see what I'm saying about the East, John? Like, why is it? It's no longer. And what a crazy statement that is. So mm-hmm. it's it's possible the Raptors can go to the finals this year. Isn't that amazing that I could say that without it being a silly comment? No. Isn't that amazing? I, I, I agree with you. All of these teams, I'll agree with you in this way, okay? Uh, all of those teams have flaws, okay? One thing I'm going to caution us, you and I, and the <laughs> listeners, is is form in the, in the last, uh, what are we at, six, eight games left yeah. in the season, right? Like, I think it's real, and it's not narrative to me, that nobody wants the one or two seed. Because of the Nets. I really, really do think They're that. still the second shortest odds. Can you believe that? Suns first, and then the Nets, plus 500. And, it, it, and it, <laughs> a happy Kyrie? Words yeah. never spoken. A happy Kyrie. He's been back, though, John, and they're still losing. No, but to me, to me, this is... Oh, okay, so let's, 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 let's work through this. Those four teams, okay, you mentioned the flaws. They're one game apart. Miami, Philly, Milwaukee, and Boston are all separated by one game. Okay, are they watching the standings, wondering where the Nets are? I I think that they are. Yeah, I agree. All right. So now, can the Raptors benefit? To me, the Raptors are probably locked into something like the five, six, or seven, and you're tied with the Bulls. To to your earlier point, Matt, mm-hmm. they're tied with the Bulls uh, with the win loss record. Uh, to me, it, it has to be drawing the team that finishes third. So I want the team to either or fourth frankly so hopefully somebody like milwaukee makes a run because i'm scared of more most of milwaukee and i'm scared of boston i'd rather draw the heat or the sixers in round one so that means the heat go down to three or four or the sixers go down to three or four and the raptors end up five or six to me that's the most likely scenario or that's my most exciting scenario Mm. okay so if if what i'm cautioning is don't it's, it, don't look too closely at the flaws of these teams overall, all right? Like, the Heat bounced back a little bit yesterday, 
with a you know so what Sacramento big deal but uh, doesn't I, I just, count <laughs> it, it, it doesn't true. you know no no, no uh, that's accurate Matt yeah, yeah. it doesn't how about count. Marvin Bagley tearing it up in Detroit by the way <laughs> we could have had him that's really irritating yeah. anyway if that was true if that's true too just like yeah. your Tyler Hero story from uh, earlier in the uh, earlier six man of the year yeah <laughs> Precious although Precious looking a little better yeah not, no, not he, last he, night but he was really good he was really good against yeah. um yeah. Earlier in the week, yeah. Anyways, uh, so so that to me is is, is like as a, as a sports betting perspective, let's start thinking about what teams are really playing to win right now. Again, they're mm-hmm. always trying to win. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong on this, but are they game planning to win? Are they like does Jimmy Butler play forty seven minutes and does Kyle Lowry play forty five minutes and so on for the Heat? You know, do do Embiid and and uh, Beard play? Um, you know, those kinds of minutes for the Sixers. Watch that in this type of year. Let's just get the Raptors into the top six so they don't have to draw, you know, you know, somebody like they lose to the Nets, let's say, in the in the playing game and then and then they, they have to win a, a game like uh, against Atlanta. Who knows? Trey Young goes for fifty and the Raptors are out of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So finish fifth or sixth, okay? Just to just to then then worry about playing somebody like uh, preferably Philadelphia or Miami. Raptors four and a half games out of first. How Maybe. crazy is that? They are, as we said, nine and two over the last eleven. And you look at teams moving. Most of the East play playoff teams are have positive records over the last ten, except for the Miami Heat, four and six. Uh, it, so it's interesting to see where that's headed. I, I think that stone might continue to drop, John. But yeah, people like the Hawks seven and three, Hornets seven and three, Nets seven and three over the last ten. So. So, yeah, I agree with your analysis. I wonder if the Knicks can, anywhere they can catch Charlotte, though, John. They're still uh, five games back. It's not looking good at this no. point, but they're six and four over their last 10. I saw they beat the Bulls last night pretty impressive. They're rolling a little bit. And as we say, not to beat a dead horse, but the less of Julius Randle we get, the better off we are. He was one for <laughs> Why nine. Do I laugh at that every time. I don't know. Did you see the box? He was one for nine last night. Uh, and, and like Mitchell Robinson's eight for nine, and, you know, uh, guys like Toppin, same thing. It's the same script every time. We're like, Obi Toppin, good game. Quickly, good game. Uh, obviously, RJ, good game, right? And you just see the writing on the wall. What are they going to do with that four-year contract in New York, John? It's an albatross. And so, see how that turns out. I'd like to see them squeak into the play uh, in. That would be funny to see. Uh, so, we'll see how it shakes out. I like your analysis about the positioning. Uh, yeah, you'd prefer, of course, the Bulls or the Cavs or something like that over the uh, Bucks. But isn't Nick and crew kind of inside uh, Giannis's head at this point? Don't they own space like in his head at this point? Is it Coach Bud, right? Like they've had their number a couple times and they've figured out the formula in the past. Can they recreate the magic John? Yeah, I like I like that analysis, Matt. If I'm a if I'm a Raptors fan, I think that's a path to uh your title point. Um why can't? Why not why not us? You know, the old uh, cliche. Um but um so, I, I, to me to me those top four, I don't I'm not scared of the Bulls. I'm frankly not scared of the Cavaliers. I think they'll probably do something next year and in, in, in the short term future. When's Jared Allen coming back? That yeah. seems to be the thing for them. Hopefully not for a while. Be not so. to be that's really turned their season around. But yeah, I hear what you're saying. It's uh yeah, so but I so back to my original thesis though, John, I was getting a little uh, into character there, but just the fact that you can say that sentence without it sounding ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. is really astounding isn't it yeah. you say like who's going to win the east and you start looking at who the favorites are you think well the Raptors already beat them a couple times and uh we're on more of a roll than anybody the Raptors are on more of a roll than anybody right now so it's not that crazy to think that they could somehow if all the stars aligned they could somehow squeak through in right. the east remember we weren't that bullish on them at the beginning of the year no remember your uh, great uh yeah your talent your talent scale that mm-hmm. you went through at the beginning of the year and mm-hmm. and we weren't that we weren't that 
you know, excited about them. Um, playoff team, yeah. Lie for a title team, probably not. No. But yeah, we uh, had them let's, like eight, uh, let's nine, start. Yeah. yeah, we had them at like eight or nine. Yeah, right, right. So let's start. Uh, let's start. Uh, you know, getting excited. It's literally just a couple more weeks away towards the start of the playoffs. Enjoying it, and uh, oh, and, and yeah, interesting matchup coming up with the uh, the T Wolves, John. Your T Wolves mm. are uh, coming to town. That should be interesting. They also are on a roll, and uh, so we'll see how that turns out. All right, well, that should be fun to watch as well. And so we've got the Big Leafs game tonight. We've got the imminent uh, Raptors game against the T-Wolves tomorrow night. And, of course, uh, so much else happening in the world of sports. We can't stay on top of it all. we got to stay on top of Will Smith versus Chris Rock and uh, all that craziness as well, right? Oh, yeah. So, uh, anyways, it's like, listen, this is the best time of year. We've got the Leafs in the playoffs. We've got the Raptors in the playoffs. March Madness is going on. It's just, it's just, it's just, uh, you know, uh, this is what we uh, what we want our, our, our local teams to do uh, to to be. And uh, you know, there's betting opportunities, Matt. To go back to our original uh, theme around here is uh, let's we're gonna we're gonna bang away on this. And, and who's in good form? Watch out what's happening in the latter part of this uh, regular season. Don't think those are always formful or truthful results. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it uh, how it plays out. There's no question. That it will. Okay. Good job. Uh, fun talking about stuff today. It's fun to speculate about our uh, underdog Raptors. It's always entertaining. Lots to look forward to. Remember, everyone, to have fun with this. That's why we're doing it. It's for value for your entertainment dollar. And as part of that, always bet responsibly. But uh, thanks for the conversation, John. Have a good couple of days, and we'll talk yeah. to you on Friday. Right. But we are out. Thanks. Peace.